Hey folks, this is Charles Max Wood, and I just wanted to dive in real quick and talk for a minute about this episode. It was recorded for the iFreak show, so the panel is going to be a little bit different from whom you're usually accustomed to hearing. However, it seemed rather timely to put this out since we were talking about how to deal with going through tough times and with everything that's going on in the world and with people that I've been talking to that are between jobs, I just wanted to highlight, okay, what do you do when things get hard? So go ahead and have this episode, give it a listen, and uh, we'll be back with the regular panel next week. Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the iFreak Show. This week on our panel, we have Sujin Rowe. Hi, everyone. Alex Bush. Hello, hello. And uh, yeah, this week we had a last minute cancellation with our guests. So it's going to be the three of us talking and we were discussing what topic to discuss. And um, something that I've been thinking about a lot lately is with the coronavirus situation, we're hearing a lot about people losing their jobs. We're hearing a lot about people um, taking advantage of not having to commute. We're also hearing a lot about people feeling isolated and in some ways, I've, I've been looking at it and thinking that in some way, and I'm not saying that, you know, people getting sick or dying or anything is, is a good thing in any way, but sometimes being put in a situation like this presents us with certain opportunities. And I wanted to just talk through that because um, I think a lot of times people focus on the bad things that happen instead of focusing on the opportunities that come of it. For example, just to, to back up a little bit, you know, I went through some stuff last year. Um, you know, basically came under attack on Twitter. I'm not going to go into the whole thing, but, um, you know, there was probably some silver lining there, right? It forced me to rethink the way that I'm doing business and forced me to rethink the way that I need to be more resilient. Um, I probably wouldn't be doing some of the initiatives that I'm doing right now if that hadn't happened. Um, and, you know, and so things like that kind of come back around. And in a lot of cases, I find that you wind up in a better spot because of it. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm going to give one example and yeah, I mean, if you had a really great job and you were really comfortable at that job and you lost that job, um, one thing that just comes to mind is there might be something better out there for you. And this might be a blessing in disguise where you actually, you know, have the opportunity to go and see if there's a, something that's a better fit that you can actually line up. And, you know, if not, then hopefully this thing comes back in time for you to not run out of money. And your company where you were working comes back and says, well, now that the economy is clicking along again, we can hire you back. But in the meantime, I mean, be looking for those opportunities. And, and that's some of the stuff that I've kind of just been thinking about lately. Your app is slow and you probably don't even know it. Maybe it's fine in most places, but then the customer loads the page up, that one page, and after a couple of seconds, their attention disappears into Twitter and never comes back. The reality is there are performance issues in your app and they're affecting your customer experience. What you need to do is hook up your app to Scout APM and let it start telling you where the slowdowns are happening. It makes it really easy. It tells you how slow things are and what the problem is, like N plus one queries or memory bloat. It's also built for developers, so it makes it really easy to identify where the fix needs to go. I've hooked it up to some of my apps and I saw what I needed to fix in a couple of minutes. Try it today for free, and they'll donate $5 to the open source project of your choice. Just go to scoutapm.com slash devchat, and then deploy it to your app. Once you do that, they'll donate the 5 bucks. That's scoutapm.com slash devchat. I would say for me, <clears throat> it kind of coincided with the 
virus happening. Uh, I was actually laid off even one month before the whole oh, wow. craziness started. And I, and I thought, oh, you know, this is my time to go and do my own business now. Mm-hmm. And then, then the virus hit. So I realized, yeah, maybe, maybe wait a little. So I'm back on the job market. Uh, but after talking to a friend of mine, who's, he's a very good con- contractor in London. Mm-hmm. He's prof- like professional contractor, like doing it for 12 years or something at this point. No full-time jobs, just contracts. And he kind of, and I, and I used to do contracts mostly too, actually, but the last job was employment. So he, after talking to him and kind of rethinking the whole situation, I think my takeaway and what I will be doing from now on and now kind of am implementing, always be on the hunt for a job. Always, even after I get, I'm talking to a few companies and I'm far, far along in, in the interview process, probably, hopefully we'll get something soon. But even after I do that, I'll not, I will not stop talking to recruiters. I will not stop interviewing because then I'm always sharp, always on my toes mm-hmm. and always kind of up to date with the market, with the job market in this case. Yeah, I, I think it's interesting too you bring that up, Alex, because in some cases, maybe it is an opportunity to go freelance, right? Or mm-hmm. you were talking about, oh, this is my opportunity to start my business. And maybe it is, right? I mean... Right. Yeah, maybe, you know, maybe I just didn't have enough, uh, you know, courage and all, right? I fully well, acknowledge that. Well, the other thing is, is that you can also just be working on it to set yourself up so that when the economy starts coming back, right, you can take advantage of some of that money to start to move and mm-hmm. let people know that your solution's out there to solve the problem. Right. Another version of this is, you know, with me, I had done remote conferences for like five years and I did the last one in like 2017 or 2018. And then all of a sudden this hits and people are coming at me from all directions going, hey, (laughs) you going to do another remote conference? And I'm like, yeah, I ought to. And so I'm pulling that together, right? Um, I'm just about ready to launch iOS remote conf uh, website, right? And so people can come and join in the fun and and, you know, learn because WWDC got canceled. They said they're going to do some kind of digital experience, but I'm seeing that from a lot of companies and that varies from we're going to live stream a handful of the talks to we're going to post some videos you can watch whenever to we're going to try and put on a full-on conference online. And with some of the bigger companies, it's starting to look more like they're just going to pre-record a whole bunch of content and drop it on the internet. And so, you know, for a lot of folks, they want that interaction. And so I, I'm going, okay, well, I'll put on the iOS remote conference and let people know that it's out there. And, you know, um, I mean, I'm not expecting to get rich off it, but it's going to float me for a little while. I mean, JavaScript remote conference, I've already sold, you know, a bunch of tickets and I haven't even in, announced all the speakers yet. And so, you know, just finding opportunities like that where you can even in a small way, you know, get a side hustle going to support everything while you figure stuff out. Sujin, you also mentioned that you had been working on like a side project that you found some time to because you didn't have to commute, right? Oh, uh, yeah, actually. So um, after my uh, episode, after, so I came on this iFreak show with, as a guest on the first, for the first time uh, regarding ARKit. And so after that, um, so actually, that was in the midst of uh, me getting a new job. So actually, I mm-hmm. moved from South Korea to Singapore, and all, 
and so I had like a month in between, and then even after I came to Singapore and started, I immediately we uh, immediately I started immediately working from home. So working from home and um, so so saving a lot of like commute times and also because of the virus, staying home in the weekends, I had a lot of free time. So 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 I just worked on a sm- really small open source. Uh, using air kits and it was really fun so it was my actually my first open source project and it was really fun yeah yeah and and that's another area that you know i've been thinking about is yeah you know take some time to contribute to open source or take some time to learn a new skill you know where alex is talking about looking for a job i mean it could coincide with both right go figure out what you need to learn in order to get that job you want and then go pick it up i am literally just deep in learning algorithms like finally finally i need to learn that stuff like binary search traversal something something breadth first whatever they want yep and i never ever ever learned that ever like in school they (laughs) never gave it to me i never needed that at work and i kind of it's been a pain, I guess, what I'm trying to say throughout my career. And now I'm like, all right, fine. <laughs> I'll learn it and I'll have time, time for that, right? Yeah. Um, it, by the way, if that's something you're running into, uh, there's a really great program called uh, Inter- Interview Cake. Yeah, I'll put a, a link into the, the chat, but uh, and that way it can show up in the show notes. It, it is an affiliate link, I will admit, but they're probably one of the best places I've seen to actually go and pick up this kind of information. So, um, in fact, just go to devchat.tv slash interview cake and, and I'll make that work. So anyway, it, it's just, it, it's a really terrific product and they, they walk you through all that stuff. That's just basically a course, but then you can show up to the interview and have that stuff fresh. Cause I mean, I learned it in college, but that was 15 years ago. Right. <laughs> Another thing that I've I've been talking to a lot of people about is a lot of folks feel like, you know, this is the opportunity for them to make a course or um, write a book or things like that. And some people feel like, oh, well, I'm going to make a course for something like Pluralsight or Ray Wenderlich or something like that. A lot of those folks, I don't know what Ray's process is, but Pluralsight actually makes you submit a um, an application and go through the process and blah, 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 blah. Right. Um, there's a program that I really like called course creator pro and I, I bought it and I'm working on a podcasting course, uh, using their method. And I'll put a link to that in the show notes as well Is I, I just, I've put shortcuts in for this cause people keep asking for it, but it's devchat.tv slash CCP for course creator pro. Um, and yeah, they walk you through the whole process of filming a course Um, recording your screen, the whole nine yards, um, editing it, getting it posted, hosting it on Teachable, um, doing the Facebook ads to drive people into it. I mean, it's, it, it does the whole thing. It gives you the whole system, including the marketing. So if you don't know, if you're like, well, I could build the course, but I don't know how to sell it. I don't know how to sell it. Well, there you go. Right. And so if you're, you know, if you're talking about some new technology, like Alex's favorite Swift UI (laughs) or, um, you know, something like that in the course. I mean, you have the opportunity and if you don't have anywhere else to be, then yeah, maybe your main gig is I'm going to spend a few hours, three, four, five, six hours looking for a new job. And then I'm going to spend three or four hours building a course so that, you know, in a month or something, 
when I have it all done and I can plug the, the revenue engine into it and the marketing engine into it, you know, then you start making some money off of it. And, you know, um, I mean, the courses they're selling, they're selling for a thousand dollars a piece and have made more than a million dollars in a year doing it. And I don't know if that's necessarily realistic for a Swift UI course or whatever, but you can probably make several thousand enough to pay the bills and, you know, eat. One thing to like, um, one thing that's really important, I think is, so even though we have a lot of time, uh, at, at our home and in, indoors, I saw, I recently saw research from like Microsoft, uh, they, um, they analyzed uh, their developers, uh, like efficiency or like their work hours after they turn switch to, uh, remote working. So they actually found out that, um, that people started working earlier in the morning and then they worked late at night. So actually like that's, that's the one thing that I also felt working from home is the, the work, the, the, the stick, distinction between work and home is blurry. So you will just sit down and when you have nothing to do, I just sometimes go, like, go, go watch my uh, code and see what work I have. So actually, like, it's really tough to just, when you're working from home, it's really tough to just let go of the work and do your thing, right? So that's, you have to, like, make, like, actively work hard to make some time for your own side project. Yeah. Uh, Work-life separation. Yeah, I felt that very, uh, very much few years ago when I was just fully freelancing from home and that's, ugh, this is tough. It's brutal. <laughs> you just, yeah. you, you cooked up in your room and you, you know, you code all day for work, for a work project, but then you kind of either forget to stop or you don't know when to stop because like there's a deadline, right? And especially if you're a freelancer and you paid for delivery of the project rather than by the hour, then it's like, you kind of feel sort of afraid but maybe i work a little more so that i can like make it right i don't know if i stop now and pick up tomorrow if i'll finish by the deadline things like that right and that starts to creep into your life brutal 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 (laughs) yeah another thing interesting with the what sujin brought up was that a lot of people are really terrible about making boundaries and so if you're working from home all of a sudden you know, where you work is where you live and where you live is where you work. And so you're walking by work all the time and your brain goes to that place and then you sit down and you put in a couple, another hour, right? And so, yeah. Yeah, I would say what helped helped me uh, back then and I kind of still use that sort of a trick, a brain trick, if you will. Uh, if you don't have enough space to like, uh, the best thing is to dedicate a certain space in your uh, apartment just for work and then, you know, other spaces for leisure. But if you don't have enough space, uh, do dedicated laptop, like if, if you can, same, uh, dedicated laptop just for work and then everything else for fun. And the last trick, uh, dress. Dress up for work, and as you like sit at home, even though you're at home and no one sees you, right? But you, if you dress up, kind of like a uniform for work, right? And you code, and then when you're done by, at, at the time by the clock, let's say five five p.m., then go and change in your like comfy pajamas or whatever you have. At least 
you could trick your brain not to like worry because now you're in something comfortable. You're not at work anymore. So that helped me. Yep. Makes sense. Yeah. So I, so at, at, at the beginning, I also like, I just woke up from bed and I started working, but I, I also felt that's really, so that made me hard to separate. So as Alex said, I, so I always like you know, get prepared just as I was going to work. And I just, so I think that helped a lot. Yeah. I can just see our listeners thinking pants, no pants, <laughs> pants, <laughs> no pants. Right. I mean, why not? Right. Like whatever yeah. the, the mental flag is for you, that, that switch. Yeah. Like actually same goes for um, gym, right? Like exercise. And this is a great yeah. opportunity to, I, I mean, not everyone probably has a full on gym at home. The gym's right? closed. Yeah. And it's closed, but at least like me neither. Right. I don't have any, even a dumbbell. Right. But every day I do push-ups, crunches, sit up, like whatever I can with body weight. And same yeah. thing, like I would only do that if I'm like put my gym pants on, basically. Like otherwise it's just so hard. I'm like, eh, I don't want to. Yep, I hear that. Hey folks, this is Charles Maxwood. And over the last few years, I've gotten to know a lot of great people within the Microsoft community and specifically in the .NET area. Uh, one of our guests from JavaScript Jabber, Sean Clavo, actually reached out to me and said he wanted to start a show on .NET. And there are a ton of people out there that I feel like sometimes get neglected in the .NET space. So if you're one of those folks, uh, you've been listening to maybe one or two of the other .NET-focused or Microsoft-focused podcasts for a while and thought, well, where's the devchat.tv-style podcast for me in .NET? You can find it. It's at adventuresin.net.net is spelled out, D-O-T-N-E-T, adventuresin.net.com. Go check it out today. But yeah, I mean, and, and maybe your opportunity is more along those lines, right? Where it's, okay, well, I'm going to start a health habit or something like that, right? Um, you know, I've taken the opportunity to be like reading to my kids. You know, we actually played uh, Dungeons and Dragons for an hour on Sunday, you know, and they, they'd never played before, right? And it, it, it was fun. Of course, two of my kids are like, we don't want to play any again. You know, my other two kids are like, can we play now? <laughs> so yeah, it's, it's kind of funny. I might just take over the, so my daughter was, uh, um, a cleric and they kind of need a healer with them. So I <laughs> might just take over the cleric as a, you know, as a player character and just play and DM. But anyway, um, it, it's, it's a ton of fun. And so, yeah, maybe that's the opportunity. Um, and I think a lot of time, a lot of this is also just force people to think about what's really important to them. And that's not a bad thing either, right? I mean, it's, it's sad that we're worried about people we care about. But the flip side is, is yeah, you know, what opportunities are we getting back? Yeah. By the way, one other idea I had, um, you know, for kind of on the money product front is writing a book. And uh, um, I, took a, I paid for a course for that too. And I've actually published the book. Um, I'm working on updating it because I've found some issues with it that I'm not particularly happy with, but um, it does work. It's actually on finding a job. I, I didn't pick this to market the book. In fact, it occurred to me as I was talking about writing a book, I was like, oh yeah, that's kind of relevant to the other conversation. But um, hey, yeah. Hey, Chuck, Chuck can, I, can I do a selfish plug in related to jobs too? I actually wrote a book as well and it's about iOS interviews. Oh, nice. So 
kind of same, I guess, relevant for, for people looking for jobs right now. Where do they find it? So it's called uh, the iOS Interview Guide, and it's iOSInterviewGuide.com. Nice. Yeah, mine's at devchat.tv slash job book. Anyway. Uh, a, a good book I read about how to write a book. Uh, it's called Authority by uh, Nathan Berry. Nathan Berry. Yeah, yep. Nathan Berry. Thinking now runs ConvertKit. It's kind of a yep. continuation of this whole thing that he was doing. Well, it's a fantastic book. Like I had... Um, before writing my own, I had no clue how to do it. Like for, I had basic questions such as, oh, well, what's the size? Like how many words, how many chapters? What's an average? What do I need to do? He gives you all of those. It's fantastic. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I remember that book when it came out. Yeah, anyway, it, it's good stuff. Um, the system that I followed to, uh, to do the book was called Self-Publishing School. Um, and the, the acronym for that is SPS. So I put a devchat.tv slash SPS. Um, but yeah, I mean, they walk you through the whole process again, you know, as far as getting it on Amazon and the whole nine yards, but also just the process of writing, writing it. So getting it outlined and, you know, getting it, getting into the groove of writing it and editing it and getting your cover together for it and the whole nine yards. And if you join self-publishing school, you can also join their Facebook group. And so you can get feedback on all that stuff, right? So it's like, hey, I've got these, you know, a lot of, a lot of folks did their uh, cover designs on 99designs, right? And so they got five or six back. And so they, you know, everybody's chipping in on everybody's stuff. And so they'd get a lot of feedback on the designs that were put forward and stuff like that. So anyway, just, just really, really digging that. Um, but yeah, so I mean, lots of things you can do. Um, if you want to be a, a host on this podcast, you can also uh, email me because we are looking for a couple more of those. But I mean, yeah, I mean, there, there's, there's a lot of opportunities. There are a lot of ways to raise your profile. And so, yeah, just take advantage of them. One, if you can't think of anything else, another th uh, thing I thought of, watch all the WWDC videos. I, every year, I, they come out with them and there's so many and I pick maybe if... If any that I watch, maybe like one-fifth or one-sixth of all of them. And I always wish someone would just go through them and make a TLDR article or something. Or even a quick like YouTube video with just highlights. Ah, that, that's a good idea. And just please someone do it. Because I, I guess I was going to say, I never have time. Now I guess I do. So maybe I'll do yeah. it. But seriously, that's... You think it's like recycling, rehashing content, which it is technically, but it's more of a digesting it. Uh -huh. Like, just give me the TLDR. I, I get, you know, all the great whatever jokes they want to make in those videos, but I don't care. Just, just give me the, the, the meat. So that would be yeah. great. Well, the other angle on that is, um, and the reason that it's valuable is I can go get, for most of those talks, yeah, it's, you know, here's kind of the core content, right? I can consume that in written form in like five, maybe 10 minutes, right? Mm -hmm. And the, the flip side of it is, is that if I get a TLDR for something that I really do need to see and understand for my job, then I go pick up the dang video. And, you know, make it nice. Like if you have a website, like it's just sort of the extra mile you could go, like have a page for that, right? And yep. then have this TLDR text content and maybe like an audio for it as well. And then the link to the original video. Yep. Know. 
But worst case, just make a tweet. Like the easiest content you could publish, a tweet. It's like 280 characters. And, and if the video is too long or like too many uh, valuable points there, make a series of tweets. I think they yeah. let you like publish them in one go now. Yeah. Why not? Yeah, have absolutely. A, have a hashtag like uh, WWDCTLDRs2019. I don't know, something like that. Yep. I like that idea. I think I'll do it. <laughs> well, the thing is, if I mean, you get I mean, all other, of this... Other, like, if a lot of people do it, this is even better. Well, you get credibility out of it, right? I mean, if you're looking for a job and you've got that many people coming to your website and you have a little note or banner or something that says, by the way, I'm looking for a job, call here to hire me, mm -hmm. right? That's just kind of a, a no-brainer, right? People are going to be like, wow, this guy's dedicated. It's the same thing with podcasts or YouTube videos or blogs or things like that. Hmm... Yeah, because like other things, you know, for some of the sort of ideas we had, you kind of need expertise or something uh -huh. like that, right? Or, or at least experience. So not everyone has it. But, but again, something like this is, it's kind of like commentary, well, not commentary per se, but close yeah. enough. Well, you need enough context to understand what's going on. Right. But generally, they're assuming a base level of understanding. And then after that, um, you know, they don't assume that, you know, like all of the other frameworks backward and forward. They're just assuming that, you know, how to, you know, basically put an app together. Now, you, you know, that there's uh, things like see whatever in one minute or like whatever in five minutes. Exactly. Uh -huh. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So something like that. Yeah. So every time, like every year, like see, see the, see this keynote in five minutes. So see a uh, session or whatever in like two minutes. Yeah, I think that's that's pretty awesome. Yep. That's how I <laughs> that's how I consume uh, Google I/O sessions because I I'm not, <laughs> I don't do Android anymore, but I still want to know what the competition does. So well, it's like yep. Yeah, give me give me this uh in ten minute video thing. Yeah. And I'll play it on one point seventy five speed though. Yeah. Because <laughs> I'm that exactly. impatient. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, one and other thing. Skip, and then skip like 10 and seconds. And then skip, yeah, occasionally. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. One other thing that I'm putting together just, you know, because of the COVID-19 is the meetups. And, you know, and so just taking advantage of any of the free training that's coming out for people or paid training, you know, like the remote conferences. But yeah, just, you know, paying attention to that. You don't actually have to go anywhere. So all the travel time, all the travel costs are all taken care of. Um, another one that I'm also putting together and I'm just throwing this stuff out there just to see where people land with it, um, is I am putting together, um, and I'm going to have it up this afternoon. Um, it's uh, coronadevjobs.com. And essentially what it is, is it's, it's a GitHub, um, repo. You could just go to coronadevjobs.com. Um, and yeah, as we're talking, it's not quite up, but it will be up. Um, and so what you can do is you can submit a pull request with your uh, contact info on basically your own page, right? So you can write your own summary or put your own CV or resume on there. And then, um, you know, you put your contact info so that job or employers can contact you. And then um, the other end of it is people who are looking for developers, you know, same thing. They can submit a pull request um, and list their jobs. And then what I'm hoping to do is that um, I want to connect it up to a, a Twitter account or something so that when it gets updated, right, it 
it gets tweeted. I'm still figuring that bit out. But uh, at the end of the day, you know, then if a new job gets posted, it's like, hey, there's a new job. If there's a new job seeker, you know, then they, you know, then they also get tweeted, right? And you can put hashtags in for the technologies you're, you're, uh, you're proficient in, right? And so you can put in, you know, iOS or Swift or, um, you know, whatever realm. And at the end of the day, then people who are looking for people with those job skills, they can just come to the website. They can go click on the hashtag Swift and, you know, they're good to go. You know, then go look at everybody who's, who's put their information in that says they're proficient with Swift. Or if you're looking for a Swift job, you can click that, that same link and it'll also list all the jobs that are available. Mm, I like that a lot. And, you know, I'm just throwing it together on Gridsome. So I'm not doing anything that fancy. It'd probably take me an entire hour and a half to get it all put together. And then I'll have to set up the Git hook so that it tweets, but that's it. Can I be number one <laughs> on the list? You can, <laughs> but it'll cost you. Uh, you you'll, you, you'll have to help me accept pull requests. That, that's what it'll cost okay. you. Yeah, I mean, I'm unemployed. I can labor, I guess. Yeah. I mean, that's the deal, right, is that I'm going to have to accept pull requests. So I'm going to have to have some mechanism for doing that. Um, but the nice thing is, is I'm just going to throw it at Netlify. And Netlify will do the, the builds on the pull requests. And so as long as they're legit you know as long as they build properly when i can merge them then it'll be fine netlify is such a such a pleasure to work with yes I, it is lately i i've been like publishing just plain old html pages oh yeah. fantastic yeah yeah gridsome's just a static site generator built with view so but for example um a friend of mine ryan florence who's in the react world you know, he runs reacttraining.com. Well, people aren't hiring React trainers at the moment. And so he had to lay a bunch of people off because he just, he couldn't, he didn't have payroll for him. He couldn't pay him. And so he's like, hey, somebody hire these people. And I'm sitting there going, yeah, there's got to be a better way than a tweet that's going to be gone in two hours. Right. <clears throat> and so once I have that up, I'm going to go ping him and a bunch of other folks who have, you know, essentially said, hey, I lost my job. And I'm just going to be like, look, you know, let's, Let's help these folks find jobs, right? If your employer's, you know, is looking, then let's do it. But yeah, and so there are opportunities to help serve too. And if that's an opportunity you want to take advantage of, you know, do that. Also, I would say, um, well, I mean, we, we talked about it. Educate yourself, but specifically since uh, we're in this remote situation, I highly recommend reading uh, "Remote" by. Um, 37 Signals, I think, Basecamp yep. now. Jason Fried and David Heidemeyer Hansen. Yep, good book. Mm -hmm. Great book. I think it's, I want to say, seven years old, if not more, but still relevant. Very relevant. The, the situation really hasn't changed. There's just more people working from home now because they don't have a choice. So, Right. And we have better tools like Zoom. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, there have been issues with Zoom, though. Um, I know at least a couple people have had their Zoom accounts hacked. So, Oof. but part of me wonders, cause they are not tech people. The people that I know that had their account hacked, I'm wondering if they just had like a password that's like my name, one, two, three or something. That's, that's my mom. I had to yeah. rescue yeah. her. What? Nah. Yeah. I really had a chance to rethink, rethink remote work. So prior 
um, I really didn't believe like remote work is like a really valid form of work because because like because I just think like face like face to face communication is really important, and I I just couldn't possibly imagine how everyone like people how people from all over the world you know there are some companies they're all in companies just don't have office right I I forgot the name but there's a really famous company that that uh, I I think Notion I uh, no no never mind so I think so anyway so but then. Yeah, and also I don't trust myself working remote because I like fool around too much and like that is right behind me. So mm-hmm. like um, when I was a student, right, before getting a real job, I just, when I was doing some projects, I just like every 10 minutes, I go jumping back to my bed. So I, I really thought like remote work wouldn't work for me, but but it does, it, uh, it, it did. So... So this is another, like, this opens up a big door for me in the future. So now I can imagine myself, like, being, a, like, a, being, like, a freelancing or even just, like, getting a remote job. Uh, so I can be anywhere. I can travel and work at, at the same time. So I think, yeah, it, it, it just opened up, like, a new possibility for me. It's actually like a good point. I think... Um kind of this blessing in disguise, if you will, right? Uh, could be for a lot of people exactly that. Like, you know, just like you, they, they, they would realize, you know, oh, that's actually doable and I can. Mm-hmm. So maybe even after the whole virus thing is gone, we'll just keep doing remote and then maybe go travel or whatnot. Yep. Like myself, I want to visit Singapore. So I really need a remote job for that because <laughs> why not? Yeah. Yep. Definitely, definitely visit if, if when this call goes away. Yeah. Yep. One of the biggest pain points that I find as I talk to people about software is deployment. It's really interesting to have the conversations with people where it's I don't want to deal with Docker, I don't want to deal with Kubernetes, I don't want to deal with setting up servers, I don't, you know, all of these different things. And in a lot of ways, DevOps has gotten a lot easier. And in a lot of ways, DevOps has also kind of embraced a certain amount of culture around applications, the way we build them, the way we deploy them. And I've really felt for a long time that developers need to have the conversations with DevOps or adopt some form of DevOps so that they can take control of what they're doing and really understand when things go to production, what's going on, so that they can help debug the issues and fix the issues and find the issues when they go wrong and help streamline things and make things better and slicker and easier so that they'll more generally go right. So we started a podcast called Adventures in DevOps. And I pulled in one of the hosts from one of my favorite DevOps shows, Nell Shamrell Harrington from The Food Fight Show. And we got things rolling there. And so this is more or less a continuation of The Food Fight Show, where we're talking about the things that go into DevOps. So if you're struggling with any of these operational type things, then definitely check out Adventures in DevOps. And you can find it at adventuresindevopspodcast.com. Another thing, which I already kind of touched upon, but I think it's important for everyone, do exercise, just like something. Yep. Do like gyms closed. Yeah, I know. But I don't know, I, um, even before this, probably like last six months, I actually switched to exercising every day, like going to gym every day. Mm-hmm. It was incredibly hard for the first 
two months, just like mental, you know, because I'd be so tired the next day and all sore, but I still would drag myself there. And now I'm like, I can't imagine not doing that. That's just fantastic. Yep. So again, another opportunity. If you got nothing else to do, why not do like 10 push-ups if you can, then do 10 more. Yep. Well, I go jogging down the jogging trail and yeah, you know, I pass within six feet of people because it's not that wide, but you know, I mean, hold your breath, I guess, <laughs> but you know, right. um, I, I think most of the concern is over, you know, touching surfaces that other people are touching and, you know, prolonged contact. So, yeah. I think uh, maybe the next episode we could talk about how to make <clears throat> handmade at home gloves and uh, masks <laughs> or something. Okay. There we go. I'm not there yet. <laughs> maybe next episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Somebody should write a, a pandemic organizer app, you know, that organizes people Ooh. so that it's like, yeah, we need we need 10,000 more ventilators. And I mean, I saw a, a hack. What was it? Uh, anyway, there was an article where somebody put out that, you know, we let's let's make a design an open source um, ventilator. So that wasn't it the uh, what is it? The 3D printer type of thing? Yeah. And I'm fascinating if it could work. Well, even if, um, even if it, it got to the point where it was, um, how do I put it? And I'm, I'm looking it up at the same time, but, uh, I think it was on Indie Hacker or Hackaday. Anyway. So yeah, I think it was Indie Hacker anyway. So the idea was that, yeah, you know, we have people out there with, um, um, with the, you know, with 3D printers in their house. So yeah, you know, why not open source this so that if we need them, then it's like, okay, we're going to print all the parts that we need. And then, you know, I mean, even if we got 90% the way there, right. And so we just had to like legit manufacture a handful of parts. Yeah. Anyway, it's, it's, it's pretty, pretty interesting. So, but yeah, there are a whole bunch of people who have come out and uh, jumped on different projects to try and make it work. So one I'm finding is Hacker Noon. So I'll just put a link to that in the show notes. But yeah, I mean, you know, turn turn your expertise to the to to the problems at hand. Yeah. Okay. I think I'm out of ideas. <laughs> yeah, I am too. But there are so many opportunities. I mean, whether it's, you know, building a business or building a product, or whether it's, you know, going out and getting involved in some of this other stuff or leveling up your skills. I mean, you know, it's it it feels like a massive waste to just sit around and watch Netflix and hope that this all comes back because we don't know when we don't know how we're hoping it soon. But at the end of the day, I mean, you know, we just don't know. And so go work out, get ripped like Alex and, uh, <laughs> you know, and, and then spend the rest of your time, you know, doing something that's going to make a difference for you or for somebody else. Don't, don't tweet. <clears throat> <laughs> don't much. I'm tweeting a lot. Yeah. All right. Well, um, it sounds like we've kind of exhausted this, so um, let's uh, let's go ahead and do picks. Sujin, do you want to start us with picks? Yeah, okay. Um, past week, I found uh, the game Monument Valley Two. So I'm not I'm not sure. I don't know if you guys heard of it. It's like uh, uh, I played Monument Valley One like a few years ago, but I found out that two came out, and then. It's on sale. It's it's like it's on discount, so it's free right now. So it's actually like four or five dollars 
the original game, but so it's like uh, it's a really cool game. It's um, it's like it's like the optical illusion game. So you know, like a Penrose triangle, like mm-hmm. it, the triangle looks like yeah, and then also like the staircase. It, it looks like you're going up, but then when you when you do a full circle, then you're back to where you are. So it's the game is like game is like that. So it, the the pieces move around. You you tweak the world so the character can go from here to there, but you never thought they could because like it's physically impossible. But it's all tweaked. And so I so I downloaded that and I played that this week and it was really fun. So yeah, go try go try the game. It's really it's exciting. It's it's and it's really not. It doesn't take long to finish the whole game. So it's really, it's a really good. Uh, it was a really good time. Yeah, Sujin took the whole day off on Sunday to do that. I'm just kidding. I have no idea. <laughs> but, so it takes like yeah. it's like one hour. But if you if you're used to it, so as it gets as it as it proceeds, it kind of gets hard. It's like it's like a puzzle game, uh-huh. right? It's like a 3D puzzle game with optical illusion stuff. So it's really cool. Yeah. Yeah, I played Monument Valley. Um, I saw it on House of Cards, I think. And I was like, that looks oh, really? like a cool game. Yeah. And so oh. I'm sure I'm sure they paid for that product placement, but <laughs> <laughs> it got works. me to get the game. Yeah, yeah, it worked. Made them dollars. <laughs> yeah, it's a cool game. I didn't know that there was a Monument Valley 2 out. So yeah, I might have to check that out. Alex, what are your picks? Since we're picking games, I will pick Stellaris. It's uh what's the what's the genre or type of game i think it's called like a grand strategy game by paradox they make well other grand strategy games i think europa universalis is another like the most famous one uh stellaris is you pick it's like in space basically it's like uh you develop your empire you just your your people just uh made interstellar travel possible and you expand and conquer the universe. Uh, very interesting. Uh, so you could pick and customize your species and your government type however you want. There are a gazillion of choices. You could be like a full-on democracy uh, with, with everything's egalitarian, or you could, could be, a, what is it called, gestat consciousness or something like that, basically a hive mind, mm-hmm. like any, any, any variation in between. Um, has good graphics actually. My my old laptop doesn't give me a lot of luxury to like enjoy the view, but uh, overall it's a very good game. Um, and it's a it's not turn based per se, but you could stop the kind of playback, if you will, or or stop the time and then do all the pick the commands and do all the management and then unpause the game again. Right. I think I just found it on Steam. Mm-hmm. Good deal. Well, I am going to pick um, not a game. So uh, I want to remind people about iOS uh, Remote Conf. Um, that's all I'm going to say. I'm probably going to try and hold it around the beginning of June to kind of replace your alt conf slash WWDC experience. Um, I know that Apple will be releasing stuff around then too, so I'm probably going to try and not do it exactly on top of it. But there you go. Um, and then the other pick I have, so a couple of weeks ago, and this is what really got me thinking about this. Um, I did a podcast interview with my friend Manny Vea, and um, he, 
he has a business where he summarizes books and I've had him on JavaScript Jabber a couple of times and we've talked about like mental toughness and um, social skills and things like that. Um, this time we talked about entrepreneurship and it, it seemed pretty timely, you know, as people were starting to settle into or climb the walls because of being stuck at home. And, you know, and that's where it was like, well, you know, yeah, you know, if you, if you got laid off or something, or even if you didn't, you could start a side hustle. So I'm going to put a link to the episode that we did um, for that show and then you can check it out. Um, I'm also going to, um, how do I put it? I'm going to share with you the discount code. Don't tell him. Don't tell him I did this. Um, so if you go to devchat.tv slash hustle and you use the coupon code hustle, I think it was like 30 or 40% off. I can't remember exactly how much it was off. It was less than 30%. Don't blame me. I don't remember. But it was it was a lot more off than I thought it would be. So devchat.tv slash hustle and then use the coupon code hustle and you'll get like a chunk of change off. Um, and yeah, we just talked about uh, running businesses and running a side hustle and all that stuff. Um, and, you know, he runs a business and so do I. And so it was kind of interesting to see where that ended up. So... Um, yeah, just, just great stuff. And yeah, if you're looking for some options, I mean, if you're stuck without a job for two or three months, you're going to want something. And if it takes you a month to ramp it up, even if you're doing that part-time and looking for a job part-time, you know, I, I just want to put people in the best situation they can be in. And that way, when this does come back, you know, that then you can make a call as to how you want to move forward. So anyway, um, so yeah, so check that episode out. And then, like I said, devchat.tv slash hustle. All right. Um, well, good luck with your job search, Alex. Thank you. And uh, hang in there, guys. Um, and to our listener, we will be back next week. And if you want to be a host on the show, uh, you can send me a DM on Twitter. C Max W. Bandwidth for this segment is provided by Cashfly, the world's fastest CDN. Deliver your content fast with Cashfly. Visit C-A-C-H-E-F-L-Y dot com to learn more.